Amen. God is truly good, and he definitely deserves all the praise, giving honor to God, who is truly the head of my life, giving honor to pastor. Thank you for this opportunity. Uh, not too many pastors um, open up their floor for others who have been called to be able to minister. And I thank God, and I praise him for you. Uh, dearly in my heart. Thank you so much. I love you. Everybody that always encourages me um, ever since I've been coming here and, and pastors got me involved and stuff. You know, you guys just encourage me every week. And you don't know how much that means to me personally. Just need encouragement. You know, sometimes you just need a good word just to keep you going. It might not be nothing the matter, but sometimes you just need to hear a word of encouragement. And that just helps pushes you and prompt you and propel you forward to where God wants you to go next. Amen. So I thank you all so much genu genuinely from the bottom of my heart. And so with that being said about uh, sometimes you need an encouraging word. Sometimes you need someone to just, you know, pick you up sometimes. Uh, that brings us to the message today, which is called Gifted by God. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm gifted by God. Look at your other neighbor and say, you're gifted by God. And so we're going to, uh, uh, our text today is going to come from 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. So I'll give you a moment to get there. I know they usually have it on the screens, but if you have your own Bible, I'll give you a moment to get there. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we'll start at the fourth verse. When you have it, just holler out, amen. Amen. I'm going to give a couple more people to get a chance to say amen. <laughs> y'all telling on yourselves, who not reading their Bible? <laughs> All right. First Corinthians chapter 12, the fourth verse. And I'll be reading from the New Living Translation Bible. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is in the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same spirit gives a message to or of special knowledge. The same spirit, verse 9, gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while other is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Verse 12. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. 
May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. So, again, I'm talking about being gifted, being gifted by God. I'm being asked to speak today um, primarily because it's youth Sabbath uh, service. But, you know, when God speaks, when God gives you something, he doesn't give it to you for an age group. He gives it to you for his people. Amen. So we are no respecter of persons or certain age groups. You know, this word is for everybody, a man who has ears to hear. So the Bible teaches that God gives each of us certain gifts and the grace to use them. And when we do not operate in our area of giftedness, we struggle. We need to keep that in mind that we see a great achiever or when we see a great achiever or indeed become a great achiever ourselves. Paul spoke five languages and wrote half of the New Testament, but he constantly struggled with what he refers to as a thorn in the flesh. When he prayed and asked God to remove it, God said no. Instead, God said, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Can anybody testify to that? Have you ever... Uh, seeing God at work in your weakness and can testify that I know indeed God will be my strength when I just can't do it. Amen. So we need grace in the areas of our gifting and grace in the areas in which we are not gifted at all. You will find that God's grace is sufficient for any challenges you may face. If you ask him, God will help you develop them. To make a difference in this world, you must discover your God-given assignment and commit yourself to it 100%. Paul did surely that. He says, my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. And see, that's the beauty about God is that he It's not a a deep message. It's not something so profound that we don't have the uh, human ability to understand it. Our job simply is just to tell other people about Jesus and what he did with his life. Amen. And the gift that God equipped us with is the vessel or the tool that we use to convey that message to the world. So this brings me to my first point for my note takers. God's God gifts us for his will by his will. God gifts us for his will by his will. The Bible says there are many different gifts, but one spirit. The word gift comes from the Greek word zarisma, which literally means grace or divine favor. So this grace gift is divinely uh, empowered or empowers us as believers to share God's work with others. Uh, which means that spiritual gifts are spirit-empowered services to the church to carry out his plan for his people. So what you do in church helps propel God's message to his people and beyond that. At least it should. Amen. The Holy Spirit gives them to each of us as he individually wills. This means because of grace, uh, you cannot earn, 
qualify for, work for, or deserve a spiritual gift. Gifts of the spirit are not something you get by study, not something that comes from practice. It's not inherited or neither is it a highly developed natural gift. They are supernatural endowments that enable you to carry out God's will in God's way. So a supernatural endowment, that is your gift. That is a supernatural power that you experience that God gives you that allows others to see his glory in you and through you. Amen. And we will never discover God's way until we realize that we are not meant to serve him by drawing on our own abilities, but by depending upon the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. So that means that it's not on my strength, not on my power, not on my knowledge or my wisdom or my energy, but everything that comes from God. The strength comes from God. The energy comes from God. The power comes from God. Sometimes you figure you working and you going and you doing and you doing and you like, I should be tired, but I'm not. I got, I got so much adrenaline going. That's the working of the Holy Spirit who enables us and empowers us. We know in our human state, what we should be like but because we are saved by grace because we have confessed God then taps on our taps us on our shoulder and gives us just a little bit more power a little bit more strength a little bit more room to keep going amen who wouldn't serve a God like that so uh let me help you understand a little bit so we are like a glove okay and the Holy Spirit is the hand of God. And then the Holy Spirit within us fills us. And when the hand goes in the glove, it moves it and accomplishes through it what needs to be done. So a son may say, or one time a friend of mine was sharing with me, he was having a conversation with his father. And, you know, he was just letting him know, like, you know, I just feel sometimes that, you know, I, I feel discouraged and, and overwhelmed sometimes because God expects the very best for me and I am not able to always give it to him. And the father said to him, son, God expects nothing from you but failure, but he has given the Holy Spirit to you so that you need not fail. So what that means is that because he's given us his spirit, we don't have to fail. If we fail, sometimes we might tap into our own reserve, our own power. But with Christ, we can never fail, amen, because there's no failure in God, right? So the beauty of my inability is the joy of his ability to fix it. Me not being able to do it and lacking that is his ability to do that and give it to me. Amen. So Jesus told his disciples, he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you cannot do anything. The secret to success is not just in doing, but to act in accordance with success. Your job is to learn the ways of God and lean on the power of God. Let's jump over to Romans chapter 12 and the third verse. Romans chapter 12 and the third verse. Holler out hallelujah when you got it. 
Romans chapter 12 in the third verse. And we're going to read down to the eighth verse. Romans 12 and 3. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, you speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, you serve them well. If you are a teacher, then you teach well. If, you are gift, if your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong and hold tightly to what is good. Amen. Amen. So this brings me to my second point. God graces us by the gifts we're given. God graces us by the gifts we're given. So the Bible says we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. For example, if your gift is to encourage, then give encouragement. Amen. You don't have to be talented or be highly intelligent to demonstrate this gift. Amen. Every day you meet people in need of encouragement. They may not show it on the surface, but underneath they're struggling to keep their head above water. Amen. Some to the point of despair, and your words can lift them up. Even a smile can just do it. Solomon said in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. So don't assume because people exhibit high status or they achieve success that they don't need encouragement. In Psalms, the 38th chapter, David says, I am on the very verge of collapse, facing constant pain. David was an author. He was also one of Israel's most popular and notarized kings. Many military strategists, you know, envied uh, his many victories in battle. And he, too, had days when he felt low that he was reaching up just to touch the bottom. It's not just average people who need encouragement, but best-selling authors do, kings, pastors, teachers, Doctors and even entertainers need it as well. Everyone needs encouragement. And that's good. See, when you have the gift of encouragement, you'll never be without a job. You'll never be trying to search and find for something to do or someone to help because you just are an encourager. And everybody needs encouragement, whether something's wrong at that moment or everything is fine, right? So today I charge you to be sensitive to God's leading and when he prompts you to move or operate in whatever gift he has given you, do so. Amen. Proverbs 18 verse 16 says, 
A man's gift make room for him and bring him before great men. How many times have you said, I'm no use to God, or I'm not needed in this church, or there's no way God could use me? You are gifted by God. You are called to use your gift to bless others, to build up the church, and to display his kingdom to a watching world. First Peter 4, uh, 10 through 11 says, each of you should use whatever gifts you have received to service others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised. And that's why it's so important that we be careful, especially uh, when we work in the church, to be careful about who we complain about working in the church to, whether it's about somebody or you tired of doing the work, because God's grace is sufficient, amen? And we don't want to pervert God's grace to others by uh, complaining about our tiredness or our heaviness, amen? Because in our weakness, he is made strong. So in that moment, it's our responsibility to seek God and ask him to replenish our strength, to replenish our faith. Lord, show me what to do. I'm tired, but I've got a job to do. And we can't be weary and well-doing. Amen? Every Christian is a minister and has a ministry. The ministry of the church is to be carried out as individual believers who exercise their spiritual gifts, minister to one another. I was talking to my friend and uh, he told me, you know, he did so good. And I, you know, was pointing out some things uh, one day I had to speak somewhere and was pointing out some things. And it was so good. You did this good. You did this good. You did this good. That really helped me. And I was like, wow, now if I could just feel that way about myself if I if my gift could just help me out sometimes but that's the thing our gift is not for us it's for other people so when you find that you give so much of yourself and it blesses others but you don't get nothing in return that's because it wasn't meant for you you were meant to be that vessel that God used to show his grace to other people amen when you don't exercise your spiritual gifts you hinder the ministry of the church so you might be able to do something and, and, and good at it and gifted at it, and you see that it's not at your home church or wherever you worship at. And you say, well, I got a lot of stuff going on. If I do that, I know that's going to take more time. I'm not going to be able to do it. Uh, I'm going to just sit out and sit still. But when you do that, that's an insult to God because you are holding back a gift being used and being able to disperse grace as a vessel that God is using to other people to see. You know, he gifted us in certain areas. That's why lawyers should be graceful in the law, not only in defending but in prosecuting as well. Uh, doctors should be uh, uh, wise in, 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 in diagnosis and prescribing medication and things like that because that's a gift that God can grace somebody else with. And in anything, there is always a bad connotation that comes with something. And if you are a believer in that field, it's your responsibility to show the opposite of that. Why? Because of the God that we serve. Okay, God's a God of good, not bad, right? Happy, not evil, right? 
So we are supposed to be uh, statues walking in the earth, showing God's grace, showing his goodness, showing his kindness, showing his love, showing his mercy. And I know this might be a little elementary or whatnot, but it is so profound because we all are in church. We all work and are avid uh, members or attendees and involved in ministries. And because this is a particularly small church, some of us have about five or six hats we wear. Amen. But this is just a reminder to not be weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. It will bless somebody. You don't know who has not yet walked through that door that's coming just to get your gift that God's given you. Amen. So when you sit down on your gift, you sit down on God's ability to change and move and operate and grow. Amen. And since the Holy Spirit decides which particular gift each of us receives, there's no place for jealousy or competition. So that means that if sister so-and-so keeps doing this all the time and you tired of seeing her, why don't you get up and come on and help sister so-and-so out sometimes? You know, maybe we'll see your face up here sometime instead of the same face over and over. And I know that that doesn't happen here because it's just a good church and y'all got it together. But the truth of the matter is some people may feel like that. But when you feel like that, ask yourself, well, what can I do? What can I contribute? How can I contribute? How can I be a blessing to the body of Christ? Not just about what I can get, not just about what I can use them for, not just about what I can receive, but what can I give? How can I be a blessing? How can I be a vessel? How can I be something that God uses to get the glory? Amen. Paul writes, for who makes you different from anyone else? What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not? So that means that none of us have room to be cocky about any of the gifts that we have, any of the skills that we have. Why? Because we did not get that on our own. God gave that to us. He gave you that quality. He gave you that skill. He gave you that hokma, which is wisdom to do that skillfully, amen, to have intellect behind it, to have the knowledge behind it, amen? So each of us is gifted differently, and each of us is gifted perfectly. The Holy Spirit in his divine wisdom has given to each of us the precise gift or gifts that will enable us to function most effectively in the body of Christ. So let's go back to 1 Corinthians 12. And the 13th verse, 1 Corinthians 12 and the 13th verse, when you have it, holla out, amen. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts. No, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a body of the, or a part of the body. Verse 16, and if the ear says, I am not part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? Our, uh, but our bodies have many parts, verse 18, and God has put each part just 
where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. Uh, the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Verse 22, in fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. Verse 23, and the parts we regard as less honorable are those who are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen. While the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. Amen. So the third point, the body is not one part, but many. The body is not one part, but many. So the next time you walk down the street, think about uh, what's going on, in, uh, whether in your neighborhood or perhaps at the park. You know, stop and think about what's taking place under your feet. You know, as the roots of the trees connect with each other, they form a support system. So one stores water. Another stores nutrients, and another stores sunlight. No single tree has it all, but together they can grow, thrive, and withstand the storms of life. Ephesians 4, 15 through 16 says, Then we will grow in every way to be more like Christ, the head of the body. Christ holds it together and makes all of its part work perfectly as it grows and becomes strong because of love. You cannot determine your own spiritual gifts any more than you can determine the own color of your eye. The Holy Spirit gives his gifts as he wills. We are all different from one another. Verse 12 says a body, although one, has many parts, but it all works together to form one body. Why are there different gifts? Because there are different needs. We are dependent on one another. It takes every part working together to have a healthy body that will function properly. Paul writes further in verse 21, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you in the hand. Can I say to the feet, I don't need you. Not only is every member of the body equally needed, they are just as equally important. Some of us are verbal and others are quiet. Some of us are dynamic and others are laid back. Some of us are leaders, others are followers. Some are high profilers and others are inconspicuous. But all of us are equally needed and equally important. It doesn't matter who gets the credit as long as the job gets done and God gets the glory. We all need to be understood and have our feelings validated. But sometimes we are in such a hurry to fix people that we don't have time to sympathize with them. And just like God graciously graces us with gifts, we must give or be gracious to each other. We have to show that same grace 
to one another. We have to be kind to one another. We have to have that same type of mercy for one another. Why? Because neither one of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. Amen. And we all need grace and we all need mercy. Just like God graciously graces us with gifts, we must be gracious to each other. We are constantly offended the same way as we constantly offend the Father. So you get mad at somebody else for doing the same stuff that you do to God. Now where's the justice in that? Where's the righteousness in that? Make it make sense, right? Romans chapter 1 verse 13 says, remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. What motivates us to extend grace to others? The answer is God's grace to us. Amen. Something to keep in mind is you will never be asked to extend more grace to someone than God has not already extended you. And so what that means to say is that when you've done something so bad, so unforgivable, and God forgives you, when somebody does the same exact thing to you, you have the capability to be gracious enough to forgive them like God forgave you. Doesn't mean you're going to forgive them immediately because all of us ain't there yet. But eventually you'll have to get to that point. And the capability is within you. You just have to exercise your faith muscle and step out on it and do it. Sometimes we just have to do things and let God take care of the rest. Amen. We are to be devoted to one another. Verses 24 through 27 says, God has put the body together so that there should be no division, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each of you is a part of it. So in closing today, you might be struggling to figure out uh, your spiritual gifts or even just struggling overall spiritually. But I want you to remember that the Lord is good to those who depend on him and search for him. Amen. We have to realize that doing God's will isn't supposed to be easy. It's not supposed to be comfortable it's not supposed to be all the time enjoyable, but why? Because it stretches us, it grows us, it makes us uh, come from a different angle, come out of our comfort zone. Because the Lord doesn't want you to be in one place and be stagnant, but where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty and there's freedom. So you're supposed to be able to grow and go in the Lord, not just stay stagnant and think just because you got one thing crossed off your list in one season of your life that that's all God is able and capable of doing. Amen. Sometimes you've got to step out on faith. You got to search for it. You got to got to keep looking for it. Uh, there's a scripture, I think, in Psalm somewhere that says um, or Proverbs, maybe like wisdom. Search for wisdom as a hidden treasure. And that same wisdom of God, we're supposed to go after God. Search for God like he's a hidden treasure. Because he's far better than gold, amen. Far better than silver. Far better than rubies and diamonds and all of these things. Why? Because you're living proof of it. Because some of the stuff that you've been through, you're still here today. Amen. 
And some of y'all, I know we like to forget about our past and we're not supposed to stay there. But when I think and I go back about where I was and who I was and what I was doing, and it ain't got to be with people. It could just be a person who you were, a characteristic trait that wasn't good enough and how God dealt with you on that thing. And he stressed you out and he grew you. And now you can say, I'm here and I was there. Look what I was and look what I am now. Amen. See, Satan, your enemy, he gives up nothing without a fight. And anxiety is one of his secret weapons. That's why the Bible says, let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we do not give up. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. Overcomers aren't necessarily more educated or more talented than other people. They are just more persistent. Amen. I'm going to say that again. Overcomers aren't necessarily more educated or more talented than other people. They are just more persistent. They push beyond the point at which others simply quit. So are you just a believer or are you an overcomer? Believe that God's will for your total well-being. You are the offspring of a perfect God, so act like it. His covenant with you is forever, so think like it. Your total well-being is his desire and delight, so live like it. The Apostle John wrote, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in good health even as thy soul prospereth. Reach by faith for what God has promised you. Fear is just like a sickness and acts like a thief. It can rob you of your time. It can rob you of your money, and that could be used to achieve your goals and energy needed to fulfill God's purpose simply for your life. Isaiah said, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, and by his stripes we are healed. At the cross, Jesus purchased everything you need, so rise up in faith today and claim it. What about when you finally see Jesus and you get to look upon his face? Imagine the hurt and the pain and the guilt you'll feel because of the things that you squandered that he gave you. Sitting on your gift, not doing something because it pushes you out your comfort zone or you're just so lazy that you just don't want to do it. But when you look upon his face, the guilt that you'll feel, because I could have done more for you. I should have done more for you. In spite of what you did for me, that wasn't enough to make me go and do it. This is not to make you feel guilty, but this is to propel you to go out and get and find what your gift is. And if you know it, it's meant to push you out there and work harder and go harder at it. Why? Because we want to see Jesus. Amen. Imagine the pain and hurt you'll feel on the day. God grants us a clear vision of all we might have achieved, the gifts we wasted, and all we might have done but did not do. So don't end your life regretting the time and opportunities you've wasted. Use every opening God gives you to use your gift. God bless you. Hallelujah. And it, the timing, it is so perfect. So I know some of you have been convicted. Thank you, Lord Jesus. What a word. What a word. Let's give God a hand. Praise. Hallelujah. What a word. Praise the Lord. And, and for the people that didn't show up, you let them know to listen to the podcast. Or to come get a CD. 
but that everybody needs to hear that word, and more especially, the young people yeah. need to hear it. Well, I'm more especially, I'm gonna stop saying that because they're only mimicking you guys. So more especially, the parents and the grandparents need to hear it so you can pass it down to the children. That word was just so good. I am truly, truly blessed. Praise the Lord. And, and, and for anyone who are by Zoom and listening to us or anyone that's present, and <coughs> excuse me, and you had a hard time digesting that word, that is because you need to be saved. And, and this is an opportune time for you to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior because you see, when you have Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the mysteries of his word is open up to your spirit. The reason you can't comprehend and understand and you're not in agreement with God's word is because Jesus doesn't live inside of you. When the word has been spoken, I'm not talking about philosophy. Philosophy wasn't spoken. It was the word that was spoken. And when the word is spoken and you can't receive it, that's because Jesus is not living in you. And you don't know him as your savior because he has put mysteries of revelation in his word to equip his people so that we can walk in freedom, liberation, and victory. Amen. 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 And so if you've had a hard time digesting it, then the Lord is giving you an opportunity right now to confess him as your savior and invite him into your heart. Now is the time. The day is the day for salvation. Don't put it off. And, and like I said, you want to understand because the people who are managing to stay up high and above and overcoming and this season in our world right now are those who have a personal relationship that's the only way that you can be victorious during a season of life that we're we're actually struggling in Amen. the word that was spoken today will help you when you're isolated and you're feeling lonely and your children are struggling because God did not create them to be isolated and to learn from technology. And since our system has been changed and put out of order, this is when we need Jesus more than we've ever needed him before. Amen. And you can change that. Let me tell you, if you receive Jesus, you'll be able to encourage your young people so that they won't fall prey to depression and suicide, that they will understand. Let me tell you, when you see children acting spiritual and they're young and you're like, they understand, it doesn't matter whether they quite understand. If they're mimicking parents, hallelujah, Jesus, because you can't mimic the things of the spirit and not get caught by the spirit. Amen. Amen. Let them mimic. Hallelujah, Jesus, because that's a guarantee way that they are going to be saved and they're going to grow up in the things of Christ. Amen. That's how they grow. So I just want you uh, to just repeat after me. If you don't know the Lord as your Savior or you thought that Christianity and salvation was because you belong to a church and you're a member of a church and you may have been a member of your church of a church all of your life, but you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then just repeat after me. It's just a simple prayer. 
Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you today to confess that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. Come into my heart, Jesus. Save me. Deliver me. Set me free so that I can serve you all the days of my life. Father, thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you, Father, for the gift of your Holy Spirit that will equip me not just to operate in gifts, but to be a Christian. I thank you. I am safe. I am free. I am filled. And I have the victory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, I, ha I, have to, I have to give praise where praise and honor is due, so I'm going to have to brag on my children, okay? Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. This is, this is our, our youth Sabbath, and half of our youth are missing today because there was a family memorial service today that took up a big family, and I guess the other people uh, are being restrained by snow in Michigan. Okay, but anyway, our speaker of today. DeMarco, who I call grandson in the natural and in the spirit, my son. Amen. Amen. Nia, who was our announcer for today. Amen who I call granddaughter, both of them grew up in the Daughters of Zion ministry, ministry that began in my basement in my home, okay? And they were brought to Marco by his grandmother, Pat Jennings, and I know she's overwhelmed because she really didn't have a clue what's all in him. I know that. I saw that today, okay? She's, she's blown away, so forgive her, okay? <laughs> and Nia, by her mother, Renee, the worshiper, they brought them down in the basement, and they didn't have no choice. They had to come because there's no one else to leave them with. <laughs> so, and of course, they did not want to be there, okay? Uh, they got chastised a, a few times about behavior, but by bringing them there in that basement continuously, things were imparted in them that they didn't even know was being imparted in them. Amen? Now, when we first started out, it was just called a prayer group until we all went to visit a church, uh, Pastor Anthony Claxton's church one time, and he had to, he was out because of his grandfather's funeral, but we didn't know that. But Prophet Johnson of his church was, was ministering, and he just stopped in the ministry of, of ministering the word and called us out. I mean, we were all kind of sitting together, and he called us out. He, 
we actually, hallelujah, Jesus, thank you. We actually went there because I wanted him, I wanted the pastor to pray over us and bless us as a ministry and to have him to be our spiritual advisor. I didn't know the pastor wasn't even going to be there. He did not tell Prophet Johnson to take his place in that. But let me tell you what God did. Prophet Johnson called us up, and he, he pointed us out, and he found out we were a prayer group. He prophesied and ministered to us about the prayer group. He says, this is not a social gathering. This is the real deal. I'm, you know, bringing it down that you've been called to pray and to make a difference. And he says, you all are daughters of Zion. That's how we got our name, okay? He said a whole lot more than that, and it was just blowing our mind. And then he ministered to different ones one by one, and they laid out in the spirit, okay? And so that was the beginning of the Daughters of Zion, where we left just being a prayer ministry to becoming the Daughters of Zion. And so our children grew up in the prayer ministry, regardless to whether they wanted to be or not. My daughter was told, you don't have a choice. You're going to be in it. And when I had to go out of town or go away, prayer ministry went on. Nothing stopped prayer, regardless. And so when I had to go out of town or not be there, I told her, you make sure you get up, have that basement together, and have that door open at, what was it, at 7 o'clock? Because at 8 o'clock, we're going start to start prayer on time. P prayer was never missed. And, and when they got there, they were able to get in. She wouldn't know, oh, I was sleeping and I forgot. Uh-uh, no, uh-uh, okay. So <laughs> it went forth. I'm telling you all of this because as a result of it, where, Ebony, where are you? As a result, come out, stand up. As a result of that, we got these young adult people in our ministry. Now let me tell you, hallelujah, Jesus. When God told me to start this ministry, she was in elementary school. And he told me that I need you to pray for the government. My people are not praying for the government. I had really kind of forgotten because now we pray for every and every, anything, okay? But he actually gave me the scripture out of 1 Timothy 2. Okay, I'm going to go there and read it. Y'all continue to stand. Don't go back in that room. Um, because it's, it's so relevant today. That's why I'm doing this. It's, I'm not trying to toot uh, my horn, but I want you to understand what God is doing right now in this season and how he is using uh, this church because of the ministry. Because in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, it says, this is Paul. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, with supplication. Supplication is the same as a petition. If you go to, go to court, you have to petition the court, and it's a signed legal piece of paper. Oh, Y'all ain't praying with me right Amen. now. Amen. That had power to change. Amen. Power to make decisions. Okay? That's why we pray prayer petitions. 
the prayer books that we recommend to you are prayer petitions, the ones that prayer that availed much, the prayer book that I have written, those are prayer petitions, because when you pray them, they're going to come to pass, okay? He says, with, first of all, with supplication, prayers, that means you don't pray at one time. You pray it until your eyes see the change you've been standing for. Intercession, you're praying for others, other countries, other people, situations. It's not just about you and your, your little family, okay? And giving up thanks. You pray it as if you've already received it. You thank God for it. You're not asking continuously. You ask one time, and after that, continuously, you are thanking him as if you have already received it. Giving up thanks. Be made for all men, for kings. In the Bible, kings rep represent men who are in authority and in high positions. And for all that are in authority, that we, why? That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty, telling us, and this is why God is telling me this. He says, my people are not praying for the government. When he gave me that, that commission, because in order to live in this country peaceable, it's not about who you voted for, but it's about how you're praying for those who are holding office. And if you want to live in a country where it's all it's peaceable and there's honesty going forth, you must pray for these people. You can't find the perfect person because the perfect per person doesn't exist. Jesus is the one who's perfect. And in order for people to operate in a spirit of excellence, they have to have Jesus living inside of them. This is why we have to pray for them. Okay? So that's what got, us, got it all started. And, and now you, you, I told you she was in elementary school. You see where they are now. So that's been a whole many years ago, okay? And, and now you, 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 you see where they are right now, okay? DeMarco is youth minister, and he teaches the young adult Bible class. Amen. So any of you young adult people and you tell others to come on Wednesday night for his class, you just heard the product of what God has put in him. You can't help but to be blessed and to grow with that, with that kind of teaching. Amen. Also, besides being the Bible teacher, you see he is a, a minister. Amen. Amen. Nia is part of the Zion worshipers. Yes. Just like her mother, which it must have been inherited or contagious, she has a spirit of worship. She doesn't realize it, but she does, and she's going to come full force in it in the name of Jesus. We're not going to let natural things get her off course and be confused from the gifting. You heard, you may need to listen to that message again about your spiritual gift so that you can come forth in your, in your spiritual gift. And, and Ebony, like DeMarco was talking about, they have to wear many, many hats. Well, Ebony, along with, with, with Karen Hope, runs this church. 
and they try to run me. But no, they do the administration of this church and they do uh, multiple things, many, many things, but they run this church well, okay? I am praying for more young men and women like them, but especially young men like DeMarco to come to take over some of the stuff that they have to do because I'm telling you, they do a lot because they also have some spiritual gifts that they are powerful in that they don't get to exercise because they're so busy executing the administration part of this church. And I'm telling you, not because I birthed her out, but my daughter is spiritually powerful and has great discernment. As long, uh, along with Karen, who is growing by leaps and bounds spiritually yes. and has the, 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 uh, uh, the, the gift of praying yes. and, 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 and exudes goodness and kindness. Yes. They have some stuff in them that can, I can be using spiritually while we have uh, DeMarco and his little followers running this church. Amen. That's my Amen. vision. Amen. I want men. To rise up to the occasion and operate and execute and run things around here. Amen? Amen. And so we need to be praying and thinking and praising God for this to manifest. And parents, you need to stop the blight and the death now from wreaking havoc over your children and your young people, okay? As parents and grandparents, let's now decree to Satan and to declare to God that we will no longer let sports, music, or style to validate and define who our children are. For only God, their creator, know what they were born for and know the meaning of their purpose for their lives. Let's get on board with our Savior for our children and not let the world define who they are. Let God define it. You nurture it, teach them, lead them, and guide them, and then let them define to the world who they are, and what the world's supposed to be doing. I'm telling you, we got to prepare the generation. We're not going to live forever. And we need to be preparing them so that they can grow up into the things that they need to grow up in. I'm asking you to make that declaration and that decree and to pray for our young people. That is another mission or commission that God has put on me and I stay burdened with it. Do, go back. Go back. Some of you, your, your, your young folks have, uh, young adult folks have moved out because they feel that now they're free and they can do whatever they want to do. They were coming before because they were in your home. Now that they moved out, they don't, they don't have to come. Don't stand by and watch Satan 
dictate and, and, and change the plan that God has for them. Go back and snatch them from the pit of hell. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? And let's say, no, you will not have my child. They're coming back. And they're going to do what God has created them to do. I'm telling you, and snatch some of their friends. Don't just be concerned about yours. Snatch the young people from the pit of hell. And bring them back because God has already put it in them. We just heard that earlier. You know, he's just waiting for you to say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And his grace and his mercy will allow them to rise up and do what he had created them to do in the first place. Amen? Amen. I need some help. I need, I need your help in all of that. Now, um, on this cable station of 370RT, which really blesses me because it confirms what God is already putting in my spirit. And what we need to be concerned about more than uh, this pandemic, COVID-19, what we need to be concerned is what are the consequences that have resulted from it? That's what you need to be focusing on. The, re the consequences that resulted from this pandemic time, okay? Now, it says that um, um, the consequences, and I'm saying this, that resulted from COVID-19 are lasting and they will change their lives forever or change any of our lives forever. Not the disease, but the results of having it present on earth. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay. It says, now this is what, they're, what they were saying, 75% of the population will have COVID because they have either got it or due to the vaccine. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Y'all pray, do with that whatever you want to do with it, but pray. Okay. But this, this is some of the things that they were saying as a result. The consequences of the viruses are alcoholism. Increased drug abuse, suicide, and especially among the young people. Mental disorder, people are losing their minds. Okay? Physical decline, poverty. And that's big because they're taking us from being a capitalist company, a country, to a socialist country. Y'all need to pay attention. You really need to pay attention to what's going on. You know what? I decided I'm going to stop apologizing from always going in this direction because I guess that's why God had to remind me why the, the prayer ministry started like, you didn't start this, I did. And it's on you, so you have to keep on doing this, okay? When you pay attention to the quality of merchandise that has decreased the quantity has decreased, and the price has increased. What kind of stuff is that? <laughs> Logically, that don't even make any sense. So pay attention to these things. Why am I telling you this? So you know how to pray. Pray and do what you can do. There's some things we can 
physically do. But one thing we certainly, all of us can do is pray and ask God to show you out of his word how to pray to counteract these things. And not just stand around and be fearful and crying and going down. No. Pray about it so he can raise you up and we can be overcomers. One thing we know, that life will not return back on this earth like it was before, back to normal. But with God, it's going to be better. It's going to be better. We don't want it back as normal. So as born-again believers, what can we do to improve the quality of life? I want you to think about that. What can you do to improve the quality of life? Amen? Amen. Seriously, think about this and help our young people. Amen. Amen. I'm grateful and I'm so thankful that God put young people in this ministry under my leadership. I am honored, and I don't take that lightly, and so we have to behave a certain way, speak a certain way, because we are an an example, and you don't act any old kind of way, and you don't say any and everything, because you want to nurture them, and you can't nurture them in junk. Amen. Amen. Now, I I thought I was going to read a whole lot of little good stuff, but I'm going to leave it because we've been blessed with a good word. And um, yes, amen. And so uh, I'm going to do the benediction. And then after that, we'll be open for questions and answers. And after the questions and answers, then Judy will come and do a book review, and then you'll be free to go. So let me do the benediction for the sake of Zoom. And we thank you, Zoom. I pray that you got uh, a lot out of our service today. And then after that, we will have questions and answers. They can stay on, and and we go from there. Praise the Lord. The Lord bless you. May Yahweh, he who exists, kneel before you, making himself available to you as your heavenly Father, so he can bestow upon you his promises and gifts, and keep you and guard you with a hedge of thorny protection that will prevent Satan and all of your enemies from harming you. May he protect your body, soul, mind, and spirit, your loved ones, and all of your possessions. The Lord make his face shine upon you. May Yahweh, he who exists, illuminate the wholeness of his being toward you, continually bringing to you order so that you will fulfill your God-given destiny and purpose. And be gracious unto you. May Yahweh, he who exists, provide you with perfect love and fellowship, never leaving you and giving you sustenance, provision, and friendship. The Lord lift up his countenance on you. May Yahweh, he who exists, lift up and carry his fullness of being toward you, bringing everything that he has to your aid, supporting you with his divine embrace and his entire being and give you peace. May Yahweh, he who exists, set in place all you need to be whole and complete so you can walk in victory moment by moment by the power of the Holy Spirit. May he give you supernatural health, 
peace, welfare, safety, soundness, tranquility, prosperity, perfection, fullness, rest, harmony, as well as the absence of agitation and discord. And may traveling mercies be with you as you depart this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. 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 And, and 